Ooh, yeah. It's time for another episode of Rat. Get your ticket. Ooh, yeah. Time for Jake and Jesse to get all freaky on this Rat podcast. Ooh, yeah. I'll tell you something. You better listen. Oh, good to get you. Let's get rad. No, folks, you are not listening to the sound of a Morrissey record backwards. That's just us trying to uh, do our famous intro. What, really what, what, do you, what do you reckon would be like, you know how like the whole 80s thing with like subliminal messages on like metal records that were like, you know, oh, it's like satanic and it tells you to kill your parents. Where's Satan? What do, you, what, do you, what do you reckon a Morrissey one would be? Would it be like if you listen to a Morrissey record backwards, it's like, cheer up, it's not that bad. Take the flowers out of your ass and enjoy life. It'd be something along that line or it'd be, no, it'd be more like subliminal suggestive uh, words like, wear polyester sweaters, <laughs> <laughs> shove dead flowers up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn the AC on too cold. <laughs> Close the fridge. Eat Buy food. five albums. <laughs> I like that. Billy oh, bought like three Morrissey albums and then he bought two more. <laughs> what does Billy have now? Depression. <laughs> oh, how the fuck are you, dude? It's been, it's been a big week. It has been a big week, mate. It's been um, a week you've you. had a big week too. Big week for nerdy stuff. I haven't had a really big week. It's just been like a, a sort of a, a big week for nerdy stuff. Like you know, let's Deadpool, get nerdy. Deadpool three trailer, mm. dude. I um, I actually watched the arse end of the Super Bowl, um, which was I still don't understand what the fuck's going on, but. I watched the Deadpool three trailer and I thought it was wonderful. What did you think? I look, I was, I was really on the fence because I was like, I don't want to fucking have the whole fucking movie spoiled for me. Like, which is usually the standard. Which is, you know, what you get from trailers. It's like here's the entire movie in two minutes, yeah. um, and here's every single fucking cameo that's going to happen. I really, really loved that trailer uh mostly because it was actually a teaser trailer it was like yeah okay here's basically like you know the setup and um some fun shit and yeah it looks like they've managed to keep the tone of the previous two movies and not identify it which i was kind of worried about i think i think what they've done what they've managed to achieve is expand on that amalgamation idea that that the first two movies had introduced and it's just given us more with, you know, obviously, you know, characters from the Loki TV series and just that whole approach to the multiverse formula, um, which I I thought was really cool. I I really like that they didn't even really show Wolverine in it. I thought that was cool. Dude, I love the subtlety and I don't know about you, but I kind of got all kinds of excited seeing what appears to be Patch. Yes, I yeah, the whole Madripoor thing. It's like yep. all the, it is like the white tux. I was like, oh my god, fuck yes, that's so cool. Uh, yes, 
So yeah, I was I was having a little bit of a, a geek out moment. So there. Oh. I feel I feel like us nerds are, are happy because we're going to get uh, we're going to get patch and we're also going to get finally get Wolverine in the proper outfit. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, it's like you know, there's all these other rumors and stuff like that flying around. Of course, you know, Pyro shows up in the fucking which is trailer, cool, which was cool. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of all sorts of excited about it, which I haven't really felt excited about a comic movie for. A minute now. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing, you know, Deadpool hasn't let us down today. Deadpool has raised the bar and fucking smashed it. You know, like you think the first film was good and then the sequel came along and just fucking walloped it. And now we're going to get this third one, which is kind of, I don't know. I think it's going to be really good, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really psyched. Um, and then, yeah, we got the fantastic four cast announcement like today. Yeah. As well, um, and I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. I was like, um, oh, okay. Because I don't really, like, I know Pedro Pascal, obviously, because he's in, like, everything. I think he's, like, the only actor working in Hollywood at the moment. <laughs> like, pretty much, mate. Um, <laughs> he's got I'm, a good agent. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, like, in every movie that's come out for the last two years. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, look, and I like the dude. I, I think he's I think he's a really talented guy. Um, I haven't seen The Last of Us yet, but I am looking forward to finding Dude, it's a great show. Yeah, it's, um, yeah I did the whole season and man it was a fucking great great ride um yeah definitely one for the fans for sure yeah so i'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out but um yeah i don't really know anyone else that's in in the fantastic forecast i think the guy playing johnny storm was the dude from the last season of stranger things which i still haven't watched yet uh, <laughs> it's um it's a faded memory in my mind <laughs> look it's not shit but it's like i mean look, say what you will for stranger things it's great yes eddie yes great cool gay happy fucking rah whatever but i just i don't know man it's yeah in, in or you're not man it's, it's it's a good time it's not a waste of time that that's all i gotta I say about the it thing that's sort of and it's not that i don't love Stranger Things because I really did love the first couple of seasons. Yeah. And, but it's like that last, that last season ended on such a fucking downer. Uh, dude, it's been yeah. so long between them that I kind of feel like I've lost a lot of my, not enthusiasm for it, but like the hype where it's like, yeah. oh, God, I can't wait to see it. It's like, you know, with most TV shows, it's like, you know, every single year there's a new season out and you're like, yeah, you're fucking cool. But with Stranger Things, it's like, oh, there was like uh, two years between the last season. And yeah. How many fucking years between that and season four? Well, and, you know, there was COVID and all that yeah. stuff. That it's just it like, took a simple idea and just went to town with it. That's what, that's my thought. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, like, and I, I was really looking forward to the last one because like, I know Robert England showed up in it and all yeah. that stuff and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit, you know, but, um, and you know, I mean, also like, you know, big week wise, like mm. I got some cool fucking toys this week, man. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Is it a John Bon Jovi action figure? No, but you know, they're actually doing a John Bon Jovi action figure. 
I hope it's the blaze of glory pose. Fucking shit you not. It is like fucking slippery when wet era. John Bon Jovi, Necker are doing it. Look it up. I'm almost tempted to get it, but that you should sculpt on it looks a bit weird. <laughs> it looks a bit like I'm just like I don't know that that really looks like John Bon Jovi, guys. Look, it's a, it's a big call, man. Trying to fucking replicate the magic of Bon Jovi is it's a hard task. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the capturing those chiseled good looks in plastic is you know not yeah. a thing. But I mean, look, as long as as long as I get the chest hair right. It should be right. Well, it should be okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got to get the the traditional John Bon Jovi rug. Um, yeah, you know, it's just it's a must. But no, I got I actually got so I I bit the bullet because I had a little bit of spare cash and mm-hmm. I really wanted the Robin figure. So I got the McFarlane Batman and Robin from the Batman and Robin movie. George, the George nice, nice, dude. I gotta say, for figures that like, I was on the fence about the Batman. I was like, yeah. I want the Robin because he looks like that's a cool costume. It's like Nightwing's outfit with the fucking cape, dude. I they are fucking awesome looking toys. Like they look awesome really, or awful, really rad. They're awesome. Oh, okay, cool. They are yeah, sick. Rad, like yeah, they look great. Like McFarlane has done such a fucking good job capturing like. How can he the not? likeness of George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Um, and, like, you know, you could you could be pretty lazy with him because it's like, hey, it's Batman and Robin. As long as he's got fucking yeah. pointy ears, who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. But, you know, man, they look really good. Like, i got to say, he's really knocked it out of the park with those two. Mate, fucking Todd, you've done it again, buddy. Good job. Fucking gold star, mate. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> i, I got to say, but when, when you talked about the Robin figure, it just you know, triggered a memory in my head was the, the fucking Batman returns action. I'm pretty sure it was Batman returns. The action figures. There was a Robin figure. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. That was the, I remember. Would that not be the Holy grail of the Batman movie figures? Batman, the Batman returns figure. So, um, funny story about that. Uh, cause Here I, we go. I actually got that figure. Um, so a million years ago in the nineties, uh, the early nineties, mm-hmm. there was a grocery store called Franklin's. <laughs> I remember Franklin's. You see, some pe- some people go, "Oh yeah," and everyone else that's like you know born after nineteen ninety nine needs an explanation. They'll go, "What?" And you know, our friends in Kazakhstan are probably going, "What does this grocery store used to be called?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You have you have store for groceries? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I was shopping there one day in like 1992 with my mom. Yeah. And um, I saw that Robin figure, like, because Franklin's like, in addition to having groceries, occasionally they would have like piles of off-cut comics. Basically, they did. Like that... factory seconds or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and it would be shit that like didn't show up at news agents. They'd have, yeah. like, I remember getting like The Question and El Diablo and Green Arrow and Mr. Yeah. Mickle and yeah. they, That was some cool shit. Didn't they do them in bundles? Yeah, they did some in bundles and then they had some like just loose for like a dollar fifty or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Um, good times. They also had toys there and yeah. I saw that Robin figure and 
like, you know, man, it being the nineties, like Tim Drake had just become Robin. He'd just gotten his own miniseries. This was literally yeah. the first action figure of the Tim Drake Robin outfit. And it looked really, really fucking cool. So apparently, and I was just like, as a kid, man, I was like, this is so fucking weird because Robin's not in Batman Returns. Mm. Like, he's just, he's not in there. <laughs> like um, It just doesn't make sense. I, I wish he was, but, you know. Um, so apparently what happened was, and if you notice that Robin figure, he has, like, full-on, like, flat-top hair. Like, yeah. he, like, his hair's, like, an extra fucking inch on top of his head. Like, MC <laughs> Hammer would be impressed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's got, like, it's like the Vanilla Ice Hammer, like, fucking full-on yeah. pompadour thing. So apparently what happened was when Kenner were doing the Batman figures, they had started producing them based on an earlier script version of the film. And, you know, famously, Marlon Wayans was cast as Robin and was going to be in Batman Returns as Robin in that outfit. So they basically put that figure together based on what his look was going to be, which was going to be like the traditional Tim Drake outfit. But, you know, obviously he had Marlon Wayans full on 90s hair. So Mm. they've just gone, oh, well, okay, well, fuck, you know, Robin's not in the movie anymore. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, fucking repaint it and make him white, make him Tim Drake. And (laughs) we'll just put him out. (laughs) You can't be Robin. You can't. Why? Because... You blick. Classic lethal weapon two moments. Well, yeah, anyway, hilariously, uh, what happened was, you know, years later, flash forward to like last year when they did the Batman eighty nine comic, they actually introduced um, what Marlon Wayans as Robin would have been into the comics as like yes. young African American guy working in a garage in Gotham City winds up becoming Robin and hanging out with Michael Keaton's Batman. So it all fucking amen to that shit. Um, that was actually a cool little series. I didn't mind it. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was great. I have to read it again. But, but uh, um, that was that was a fucking cool Robin figure. I got to say, it was a, a, yeah, a, a yeah. very cool figure. Well, that that's what I thought. I was like, and it's funny you mention that because, like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but a lot of those figures from that time period, from movies and such, there was always that weird figure that surfaced, and you go, but. This wasn't in the movie. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of that shit going on. Um, and I, it makes me wonder, if was it a lot of this shit going on? Well, totally. I mean, you remember, like, the Terminator figures and stuff like that? The yes, I do. The T2 figures where it was just like, you know, it's the T-1000, but he comes on a rocket launcher that morphs out of his back. And you're just like, as a kid, you're like, what? This was never in the movie. What the fuck? Exactly. Oh. Right. And like so, so many of those Terminator figures, like the Arnie figures from yeah. Two, were in like outfits and had like, I, I remember I had one that had like this gigantic fucking metallo like missile launcher arm. I, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> like, that was bizarre, right? And you just kind of sort of going, what? Yeah. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> Crazy shit doesn't make sense. But yeah. as a kid, you go, I'm in. Fucking oh, sign yeah, me up. As a, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, fuck it. I remember having a last action hero action figure of Arnie Sick. that had like a jetpack or some shit. Because <laughs> like, you did in the movie, right? Yeah. 
okay, cool. <laughs> you must have slept through that bit. <laughs> I guess so, and subsequently fallen into a coma every time I've watched it over the last yeah. fucking what, 30 fucking years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> even, even the Demolition Man figures were just like, oh, yeah. Stainly, like, oh, okay, like, like, I guess just doing a sly in his traditional outfit was like too boring for you guys, but okay, cool. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, yeah, weird, obscure fucking action figures put out man like and again if you're a kid in america back in the 80s and 90s fucking jealous because oh, man, right. they got all the cool shit yeah like the karate kid action figures the rambo ones the rambo ones even i think there was a chuck norris one as well yeah, yeah. Chuck norris and the karate commandos Dude, like that shit was all sick man like it looked great <laughs> Speaking of Karate Commandos and toys, so yeah. um, before we get into uh, talking about what will lead into this week's movie, yes, girlfriend yes. and I have been watching the American Ninja. I movie. saw that. Um, do we? Do we? Do I detect an American Ninja marathon coming on? Oh, dude, I reckon we should totally dive into American Ninja because those movies are. Look, man, objectively, like you watch them nowadays, they're fucking terrible. But the funny thing is that when I was a kid, I loved those movies. I was obsessed with them. And I know why re-watching them because now you remember that classic American Ninja poster where it's got like Dudikoff and he's like crossing swords with the ninja that's crouched yes. down against the American flag. Yes. I remember seeing that in video stores as a kid and I was a kid in the eighties. So naturally I was reading GI Joe comics and buying GI Joe figures. And I was yes. obsessed with GI Joe because it was the coolest thing ever. Cause fucking snake eyes and storm shadow right it's like mm -hmm. like fucking ninja commandos and like army dudes this is cool when i saw that poster i was like holy fuck that's like a gi joe movie like man like this dude this dude's like snake eyes or something he's like he's in the army but he's a ninja how rad <laughs> dude fucking watching american ninja like we've we've gotten american ninja one and two down we've got three and four to go right bro they are gi joe movies they are like canon films going fuck this gi joe thing's pretty popular what do you reckon we uh just sort of subtly kind of um yeah like we can't get the rights to G.I.J. Fuck it. Let's what just make our own G.I.J. movies. Kind of make our own and call yeah. it something else. Because, <laughs> like, so you got Dudikoff, who's clearly, like, fucking snake eyes. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. he's got amnesia and he doesn't know who he is, but he's, like, a fucking ninja and he's trained with everyone and he's got this, like, old master and stuff like that and he fights evil ninjas. And then, like, you get to number two and number two is, like, I'm watching it with Bree the other night and I'm just going, oh my fucking God, this is G.I. Joe. This is literally G.I. Joe. Like, because you've got Steve James in there. Steve James will come in important later on when we start talking about this week's actual movie, who's literally Roadblock. He's <laughs> nice. fucking Roadblock from G.I. Joe. He's like this big, badass, funny fucking black dude who's He's like, kind of like the Jim Brown of the 80s. He totally is, man. Like, yeah. he is he is just roadblock in these American Ninja movies. He's, like, kicking ass left, right, and center. He's an absolute tank. He's got a huge gun. Um, You know, 
And then in number two, there's literally a dude in there named Wild Bill who wears a cowboy hat and boots like the fucking pilot dude from the G.I. Joe cartoons. And- All right, we, we got to do this, man. We got we to do a, a rad dive in the American Ninja <laughs> series. Do, I'm telling you, man. Like, and look, that's the thing. Objectively, like, you watch them now and it's like, oh, man, these movies are fucking kind of crap. Because, like, number two, they're like, fighting this drug dealer who's hired evil ninjas, but he's like kidnapping people and turning them into mutant ninja super soldiers, except they're all kind of useless and get fucked up really quickly. <laughs> well, you hear it here. You hear it here. I can't even, I'm, I've got a speech impediment. You heard it here first, kids. Uh, we're we're going to do a fucking deep dive into American Ninja, god damn it. But like, yeah, like we're watching this the other night and it's like, you know, this dude saw this, oh, these are my super ninjas. We will conquer the world with them. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, your super ninjas are getting fucked up by a bunch of army dudes who nice. aren't trained in ninjutsu at all. Uh, I, I think your product's a little defective there, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't want to like tell you how to live or anything, but but that man, look, American Ninja, like, there is no fucking wonder why these movies were so popular with kids in the 80s because, like, yeah. I'm watching it and I can't help but feel like a fucking 13-year-old kid. I'm like, this, Fuck yeah. this is so fucking cool and so, like, you know, and it's crazy to me because I remember wanting to see this when it first came out in the 80s, like, in, like, 85 or whatever it was when I was, mm. like, you know fucking eight nine years old and my parents going like it's r-rated you can't watch it it'll be too gory i'm watching it now i'm like fuck man if i had a two-year-old i'd let him watch this like this game is shit but like like, there is no fucking no uh... history as to why those movies were so huge with kids in the 80s like they are such a great Video store sta- staples, man. When that when that first movie hit the shelf, man, fucking, it was hot potatoes. And it was like, and all of that canon stuff was back then, like yeah, dude, Chuck Norris shit, legit Ninja, all that. Like it's, it was massive. Um, I remember even Dolph Lundgren's Punisher was a fucking hot pick on the shelf. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, like fucking wild, yeah. wild fun times. Yeah, fun times like, indeed. But yeah, Steve James, fucking yes. spectacular black actor and. Oh, hey, before we get into this movie, uh, you had a big week this week. I did. I did. Um, to sum up my last 48 hours in one word, random. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Random. Come on. Tell us. Uh, yeah, yeah. So share it with the rest of the class. Long story short, it, it always pays to be nice. It, it's, has, has the saying of a dear friend, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. And you learn that in life. And you make friends along the way. And anyway, one friend uh, who just happened to be a promoter reaches out and literally throws me the van keys and says, I need you to drive. Cool. I'm driving. Next thing you know, I find myself driving for Mudvayne and Cold Chamber. <laughs> Go figure. Um, it's it has been a surreal experience. I, I didn't drive the bands directly, but um, I was more of a just running around, just getting everything they needed, getting their dinners, all that sort of stuff, just being a promoter's assistant. Bowls, bowls and, full of brown M&Ms, that kind of thing. What's that? Bowls full of brown M&Ms, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
man, that, that let me tell you now, that's fucking hard work, man. <laughs> but um, it's dude, I got to beat anyone to death with their own shoe. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> once or twice. But um, bro, man, it was funny because I actually wanted to see this show, and it's just the strangest random occurrence of how this all came together. Well, and I was, next... I was really actually, I. I was very, very close to pulling the trigger to go into six. I really wanted Dude, to see. You should have. Like, I really, really wanted to see Mudvayne, but just this stuff. I think was it was just one of the, not was, a line. Yeah, no, it, I think it was easily one of the best shows of the year. Um, and that's a big, big call to make, but it was. It was fucking great. I got to, you know, fucking rub shoulders with th- these some of these amazing musicians, and you know, talk Led Zeppelin with Ryan from Mudvayne, and fucking. Uh, fucking hear Mikey's life story from Coal Chamber and just all kinds of sh- crazy random shit, dude. So, yeah, it was um a very random forty eight hours. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, but yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, fucking love those two bands. Uh, fucking yeah, been a fan since day dot. Oh, and, dude, uh, I fucking love Mudvayne. Like I love bro. So like much. All their albums fucking rule, but man, if the first album was the only album you ever listened to, it's not the end of the world because it's that fucking good. Well, man, I remember when LD50 dropped and I was just like, I was randomly walking past the TV one day and the video for Dig was on. Oh, bro. And I was just like, and it was like right when the the new metal phase was kind of like hitting and- yeah. These guys were so fucking heavy, and I know they kind of got lumped in with the new metal thing, which I, I feel is a bit unfair. I feel um, so too, man, because I thought they were more not, prog metal. Well, not that there's prog anything, metal with a heavier yeah, lining. Not, not that there's anything wrong with new metal. Like, I've no, 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 there's nothing. Metal, but it's like these dudes were so heavy. Like, yeah, and I mean, I just like walked past. Like, and I know, I kind of know why it happened because it's like, okay, Slipknot are out and they've got the whole mask thing happening and, you know, Mudvayne came out and they've got the makeup and all that sort of stuff and they look fucking crazy and they're heavy as fuck. And I saw the video for Dig and heard it, like, and I was just like, I literally stopped in my tracks and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's pretty fucking neat, man. And where can I get more of this? Yeah. My my first experience was um, hearing nothing to gain off the it was off a uh, fucking cassette I oh, know CD sample sorry with that came with Kerrang magazine oh no. Uh, no no sorry it was Metal Hammer yeah Metal Hammer and Metal Hammer put out these fucking great compilation CDs just randomly and that track was on there and yeah and I was hooked. But I mean, I, I've just become even more of a fan. Like every album that they've dropped, I have become more of a fan. Like, Not Falling and Mercy Severity are like two of my all-time faves. Like, yeah, they open with Not Falling. Oh fuck! Here, fuck here, here's tell me here, that shit. <laughs> here, I'll send you the set list. But here's the spicy thing. I, I, so, I feel like fucking Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Don't tell me these things, man. Not now. But like backstage, uh, I'm in the I'm in the production office, and uh, we were told fucking hide, don't don't surface backstage. I'm like, okay, because um, Chad needed complete fucking privacy before he went on stage. 
And uh, all I could hear through the door was just him going, I not Sam, not falling. Just get, doing that line over and over, just warming up and just psyching well, himself up. I, I, it was I, pretty I cool. fucking love that song. And it's a great song, dude. I, I remember getting into an argument with someone because they were talking about that the horror movie Ghost Ship, which yes. falling features on the soundtrack. Yes really prominently and someone was having a bitch and they're just going like oh they fucking play that song over and over in the movie i'm like hang on so you're telling me that you have a problem with a pretty damn good horror movie playing one of the best fucking songs from that band over and over in it uh dude they could have played that fucking song in the background for the entire length of that movie and i would have loved it even more (laughs) yeah fucking a man but then, I mean, you've got, like, you know, fucking World So Cold, Scream With Me, fucking, you know, Happy, fucking Have It Your Way. Like, and, I mean, you know, that's not even getting into that fucking amazing cover, which Spicy Take, sorry, police fans, their cover of King of Pain, I love more than the original. Like, oh, dude, it's, it's fucking superior. They fucking own that song all over. Yeah. It's a fucking great album, but um, mo- moving. Uh, I could I could talk. Well, I'm sure we could talk to these guys for ages. Yeah, but we could probably have an entire show devoted to Mudbane. <laughs> pretty much, but I'll and give you one more. Coal Chamber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you one more spicy story from Coal Chambers camp. Fucking one of the coolest things I got to witness was Mikey the drummer psyching up before he went on stage, which I got to say is one of the coolest fucking psych ups I've ever witnessed. Oh yeah, he was just. Fucking grunting. His eyes were fucking somewhere else, man. He was just focused. He was like a man possessed and he was sculling a red bull, fucking just beating himself with his drumstick and his ha- hands. And uh, I, I have never seen a more merciless drummer in my life. This guy was like fucking Rocky Four level beating the shit out of his drum kit. Well, I mean, that's the thing, man. So both of those bands are, like, really fucking heavy and really, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the fucking, the bass and the fucking drums for that would have, like, been blowing the fucking audience through the back wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. It like, was fucking epic, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows where you just kind of imagine, like, wow, well, like, they, are they going to like actually crack the foundations of the Fortitude Valley Music Hall? Like, because it was that, it was cool. And the thing is, it's like I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like, if you haven't listened to Mudvayne and Cold Chamber, like, fucking, I I highly recommend grabbing some CDs, putting some headphones in, and cranking it up, and just going, holy fuck! Like, yeah, don't don't cheat and play it on Spotify. <laughs> that way, you can skip. No. Fucking do it the old school way. Listen yeah. to the album, read Fuck the fucking yeah. lyrics and shit, and just get getting grossed in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But fucking moving along. Fucking. Um. Couple of weeks ago, we lost an icon, which is the reason we did. for this week's movie. So we're going to kind of see yeah. into it. Um. Yeah. Sadly, uh, which I'm pretty sure we actually talked about. Uh, we did on last week's Freaky Friday. We did. Carl Weathers left us, which sucks. Yeah, it's one of those unfortunate aspects of life that, you know, no one can ever be prepared for. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, re- it really, really sucks. And I mean, but I mean, look, you know, he did leave us an absolute legacy of brilliant movies. Like, oh. I mean, obviously, Apollo Creed, Rocky, like, yeah, you know. the Rocky legacy alone. I mean, he, you know, even Slice Alone mentions it, you know, without Apollo Creed, the movie was nothing. No, exactly. That's that's yeah. the thing. Like, I mean, he was just. <sighs> he was. He was like something special, next, man. Next level magnetic as. And the guy, the guy used to play for the LA Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I I actually didn't know that he was a he was a pro footballer. Yeah. So he had a football career, and just happened to stumble into the the role of Apollo Creed. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, so it's like you know, uh, well, yeah, like Apollo Creed, like obviously Dylan from Predator, like they yep. they heard around the world. Um. You know, but what we're going to be talking about this week is oh, one of, we're going to time travel back to 1988. Is what we're doing. One of one of Carl Weathers' not quite as well known movies, but very well. But we fucking uh, love it. Very well loved amongst 80s movies aficionados and fans. Um, mm-hmm. So, shall we time war? Yes, let's time war. <laughs> We're going back to one of our favourite years, 1988. Oh, Wonderful year. Expo. 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 I've got to mention that every time we go to 1988. <laughs> Shout out to Expo 88. Shout out to yeah. Expo 88. Celebration of a nation. Yeah. But, um, yes, in 88, amongst all the greatness that came out, fucking Carl Weathers got his fucking well-deserved moment in the spotlight um, out of the shadow of being a supporting actor. He got to be the lead man in a movie called Action Jackson. Jackson. Action Jackson. This is the fucking best theme song, man. Over right. the credits. Like, just fuck off. It was so good. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but this movie is so criminally underrated. It's, it's ridiculous. It is great. It is so great. And I mean, I remember like, I've rewatched it for the first time in probably a couple of years, uh, a few weeks back after Carl yeah. left us. And I just like the openings. It's like, I'm like watching it. I'm just like, man, why didn't Action Jackson and Axel Foley ever team up? Like, right. Both Detroit cops. Come on. There, there's so many question marks that come out of the back end of this movie. Like, why did it stop with this first film? Well, yeah, it's like, oh man, like, fucking sequels give us like yeah where this should have come back and done like three or four of these like uh, at least man at least because it's yeah. a great character and uh, dude the, the great thing about this movie is i feel like it is like following that great legacy of black exploitation flicks yes set up by like jim kelly and jim, jim brown kelly, jim brown like yep and you know, uh, Richard Roundtree. Yep. Like even Steve James, who were just talking yes. about American Ninja, did the Exterminator yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Like, yep. This is following in that great tradition of absolutely, like you know, the Hammer, fucking the Mac, like you know, Shaft, all that sort of stuff. Like Black Belt Jones, but this is like almost like a bigger budget version of that. This I mean, is like you know, this is like. This yeah, is like exploitation done on an eighties action film budget, so it's right and spectacular. And you see the fucking title, Action Jackson. I mean, if that name does not get you fucking pumped, mm. I mean, dude, come on, this is this is great from the 
the beginning to the end. It's just, it, it's not the greatest movie in the universe, but it it's a fucking good film. film. It is such a good time, though. Like, it, is. it is such a fucking good time. <laughs> and I thought it was a well-balanced cast, too. Well, the cast's great. I mean, I, I, I'm still like... Craig T. Nelson is the main bad guy. Bro, I fucking love that shit. I thought he was great. It's, it's, I remember him as coach. Right? But in this movie, he kicks a bit of ass. He's, he's, he's fucking great. Um, but, like, you know, you not only got him, like, you've got a little mini Predator reunion with, like, Bill Duke as Action Jackson's captain. Then you get Sonny Laddam later on as a drug dealer who has a yeah, which is cool. Carl Weathers, which is great. Yep. Um, you know, you've got, like, bad guys from Die Hard popping up as thugs. Yeah, the Huey Lewis dude. I was yeah. the Huey Lewis dude. He does look like fucking Huey Lewis. He does, eh? Right? <laughs> he does. I'm like, are, are you here to, like, fight Carl Weathers or, like, belt out a couple of fucking... Yeah. They're happy to be stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> Hip to be square, maybe. <laughs> What's going on? Um, but even the, the little Al Vietnamese Leong. guy, yeah, yeah. I think he's Vietnamese. Yeah, Al Leong, yeah. Al Leong, yeah. Like, I mean, he's a, he was, like, kind of the go-to bad guy in, um, in was, so many was, action films. Man, he was, like, the mark of quality in an 80s action movie. If he showed up as a bad guy, you knew that the movie was going to be good because it's like... Yeah. He only shows up as a heavy in like the best eighties action movies. Absolutely, like weapon. Like, yeah. If he shows my up- my only critique of his involvement, it was that he didn't have that. You know, we didn't get to see that. You know, a wonderful showdown between him and Carl Weathers. You know, yeah, like right. that would have been great. It's like, yeah, so so denied. But you know, Biff from Back to the Future. Ah, I, I love him in this movie. I love, loved it. Like an action Jackson fanboy in this movie. <laughs> like. Yeah, I was really happy to see Biff Tanner in this. It was great. But, I mean, look, we got to talk about the intro because I love the intro. You don't get, you get, like, before we even see Carl Weathers, like, the legend of Action Jackson is built uh, from the opening credits where yes. Biff and his partner, who are just these two beat cops, bust this little shit bag who's like a purse snatcher. And they're taking him down to the station and they're like, oh man, you know, you should have stayed off the streets today. We're going to have to lock you away and maybe you'll have to go a few rounds with Action Jackson. And this kid's in the back street, in the back seat, just like going, who the fuck's Action Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> and these cops. And just the like, legends begin. Fucking with him. They're like, oh, you know, the, the stories are that like his mother mated with the gorilla. <laughs> like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> just like, you know just winding this kid up to the point like you know this kid's obviously strung out on drugs and they're just fucking just fucking with him like yeah to the point where he is shitting himself <laughs> and and that moment where you know he's he's in the in the cop shop and he fucking makes a, a bolt for it <laughs> makes a bolt for it <laughs> Spills the coffee all over Run Action Jackson's desk. Right into Carl Weathers' desk, knocks over his coffee, and you just see, I love the intro shot of Action Jackson. It's just like perfect. Carl Weathers rising up from his desk with like steam coming out of his fucking nostrils, and he looks huge. Yeah, his back muscles are flexing under his yeah, top. And... It's like that shirt looks like it's going to tear open at any yeah. fucking minute. And he just rises up and glares at this kid and the kid just faints. It's like yeah. funny as fuck. And and, and the, what's great is is that we see more of that throughout the film. 
Like, it, I thought that was a really nice piece of comedy to add every throughout the film. This kid keeps coming back, and every time he sees Carl Weathers, he fucking shits himself. Yeah, I thought that was so funny, man. <laughs> but dude, it's so good. It's such a great little light-hearted fucking comedy beat. Absolutely. Movie. But, I mean, even even some of the dialogue, like where Bill Duke's chewing him out, and he's like, you almost tore that kid's arm off. And Carl Weathers turns around, he had a spare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the great thing, man. This this movie really follows all the tropes of the classic black exploitation films, yeah. like the one-liners, the the quality of action, yeah. just making our lead character just larger than life on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking fantastic, man. I I, I really enjoy it. Oh man, it's so is. It's such a great fun movie. It's like, and Carl Weathers just carries it effortlessly it's like it really does man this is just that that movie that just shows you everything great about carl weathers it's like everything you loved about him as apollo creed everything you loved about him in predator it's it just like it's like okay this is his time to shine and he just fucking takes it man and he, he really does man. with it and just goes yep I can be a fucking action hero just as good as everyone else yeah. and even better than some like. And what's yeah. really cool is how they uh, incorporate, you know, they give that nod to the Apollo Creed character, you know, it, talking boxing and stuff throughout the film. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. So you kind of, you know, you get that little giddy fan moment. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. It's so good. And like, even, even like, I mean, you know, you get like, I love the scene where he's like running the car down on foot. Yes. Dude, <laughs> when we'll talk about Sharon Stone in a minute, but the part where, yeah, they're out on the street and the fucking assassin in the cab tries to run him over and she, he's like, stay here. I've got to go. What do you mean? I got to go catch a cab. <laughs> Dude, it's so fucking good. It's such a, it's, it, this movie is such a great time. And, you know. and it follows the greatness of, of 80s action films with shit blowing up, cars yeah. going through the fucking front door of a dealership. Like, just, yeah, the action is top-notch in this film. Oh, and I mean, dude, the, you know, I mean, I know we're sort of jumping all over the place, but, like, it, it, the climax of the film is Carl Weathers driving a fucking Ferrari through a mansion. Like, you know, this that, is that moment where he, like, revs it up. He's like, hot. Yeah. Hot. And just, like, lets it rip. It's like, oh, dude, this is so cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, man. Like, you know, I, I know we, we fucking shit on the Fast and the Furious pr- parade a bit. Not, you know, I have no problems with that. But the thing is, it's like, you know, you watch that shit and you have a laugh and you go, fuck, that's so unbelievable. But obviously they get inspiration from things like Action Jackson where it's like, yeah, of course someone drives a fucking Ferrari through a mansion, up the stairs, well, down a corridor. You know, I think I think the thing, I think the big difference, like the issue, and again, I don't hate the Fast and the Furious movies. I just think they take themselves a bit too seriously. And I yeah. think Diesel takes them a bit too seriously. That's the problem is that like when, you know, when these 80s action movies like Action Jackson did that sort of shit, it was all in fun. Like they knew yeah, absolutely. Was, and they were having a great time with it. Yeah. There was no seriousness about it. Even if there was, it wasn't 
yeah, with Fast and the Furious, it's all just taken a little bit too seriously for its own good, I feel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, that could just be me. I'm sure there's, like, someone out there who will defend them and, you know, tell me I'm watching them all wrong or something like that. And by all means, let me know. Um, but, <laughs> um, like, you know, I'm still not going to, like, get over Vin Diesel, like, grumbling about family at the end of every fucking movie. But, uh, but you know, like, I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, with Action Jackson, it's just such a good time. It like, really is. It's, yeah. It is just woe to go. Just a great time. And, I mean, <laughs> like, I love when he blows the dude up, like, uh, Huey Lewis. So it's, I think oh, Huey dude, Lewis that was great. Up, like, he wants a barbecue. that's the thing man it just it follows along the lines of those great schwarzenegger stallone moments where it's like the bad guy's about to get hit and our hero drops a fucking pearl over one line you know yeah and i mean even even like that moment where i i i I loved 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 that big fucking huge bodyguard that he tried. Oh, he was great. And then winds up making friends with. Like, that was cool. Yeah. That was so fun. I love his, just the the composure the guy keeps the whole time. And he's like, you're probably going to hit me after this, aren't you? He goes, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I I just thought that was, that was great. But um, I got to, we got to give mention also to, you know, the appearance of Sharon Stone in the film yeah, uh, in one of her early roles. Pretty basic instinct, Sharon Stone back yeah. before she was um, before she was uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the apple of every teenage boy's guy. But we kind of got to see the top end uh, a little bit in this film which I was like, oh yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the great thing about 80s action films, man. Oh, and even 70s, man. It was like there was a bit of booby. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was the thing, man. That was a staple of like '80s action, and 80s it really was. I mean, it's like it's like you're going to get in there. It's like with horror movies, you're going to see some blood and guts and some titties, and with action yeah. movies, you're going to see some cool fight scenes and explosions and titties. And, exactly. You know, I mean, everyone was getting their titties out in this movie. Carl Weathers, Vanity, yep, Sharon Stone. Like... Yep. I thought it was great. Like I thought Sharon Stone, Vanity brought, um, you know, a good energy to the film as well. You know, yeah, they it was funny that, rounded it out. Like it was funny because I believe this was around the time that Vanity was. Um, I believe she was still with Prince. And yeah, I believe she of, was, but she was trying to break out on, on her own a bit. I think yeah, she was she trying was, to make like, a name for herself. Get a bit of an acting career going, sort mm. of post Purple Rain, and um, yeah, I think Action Jackson was meant to be like one of her big breakout things. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think. Um, you know, it, it was a cool role for her, you know, like she didn't really have to, you know, channel anything specific. I mean, it was just like you're playing a, you know, a, a pop star on the rise with a bit of a drug problem. Mm. Fucking A, yeah, A1. Yep, I can do that. You know, um, and I thought she was great in the film. Honestly, yeah, man. I think um, I remember I remember when this movie came out because uh, I, I remember watching it on VHS when it came out because I was like, oh, man, it's Apollo Creed and the dude from Predator. I, I saw yeah. this. It looks rad. Yeah. Um, and I remember there were a lot of trailers for this movie on other videos and stuff. Like, you know, kids, like, quick lesson kids back in the day, we went to the video store and we hired the video. And before the movie started, you get like, you know, a half a dozen or maybe more trailers before the mm-hmm. movie started. It was a little, which is always fun. 
And, you know, a lot of the studios and companies that were putting out these videos would like pick whichever movie they wanted to really promote. And which is why a lot of these movies that didn't do so great in the cinema were huge on video because everyone saw the trailer and got excited about it. I was like, oh, that looks really good. I'm going to, I'm going to get that when it comes out. And I remember Action Jackson having a lot of trailers on stuff. Um, so yeah, I was like really keen to see this. And um, yeah, I remember at the time, a lot of the reviews for Action Jackson were ragging on Vanity and saying like, you know, oh, she sucks and she's so fucking horrible in the movie. And, you know, she's such a... Look, I mean, re-watching this, I don't think she was that bad. Like, honestly, I thought she did perfectly fine. She was no yeah. better or worse than a lot of, you know, female leads in 80s action movies. And I mean, look, to be fair, you know, a lot of female leads in 80s action movies, you know, you could, you could, you could level the sexism argument at them and you'd be pretty right because it was like, that was the time. It was like the dude's there to be muscly and cool and rescue the chick. And she's there to like, you know, scream and be in danger and be the love interest and, you know, probably get her boobs out or whatever. That was, that was what wasn't, you could say it was sexist. You'd probably be right, but that was what fucking. Yeah, I mean that was the eighties, right? At the time, man. Like you know, everyone was on a lot of cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. <laughs> but uh, I also love the fucking uh, the hotel dude. Um, oh man, Robert Darby. Yeah, like yeah, it was so. With that boy, that dog, that me. It was so weird. Um. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Action Jackson's friend that's all strung out on the drugs that runs the club. Oh. oh. Robert. Robert. Um, no, the other dude. Yeah, you're thinking of the other dude. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But, yeah. But he, had, he was, a, it was a, like a former boxing champ or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was fucking cool, man. And I thought he was like... I don't know, he just brought a bit of comedy relief to it all. Oh, yeah, he was great. He was just that classic great character that, like, you know, the the cop in the end. It's like, those, that was, a, like, one of the great tropes of 80s action movies is there was always that weird character that was a little bit eccentric that the cop was friends with or whatever, that, like, you know, they'd obviously known each other for years and stuff like that. And, you know, he was a bit funny. He was a bit of a weirdo or whatever. And, yeah, that dude filled this role perfectly. Yeah, but and the other dude that you were talking about was yeah. cool too, right? Well, yeah, having Robert Darby show up, who's like traditionally a bad guy, like you know, he was one of he was one of the asshole FBI agents in Die Hard. He was the bad guy in one of Timothy Dalton's James Bonds. Like, like there is no movie that he shows up in that he hasn't played a prick in. But it was really weird in Action Jackson to see him as almost not a villain. Like, I can't. Well, say that's the kind of the refreshing thing. He was strung out as fuck, but yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I thought like some of these characters, um, or some of these actors, had slightly different roles to what they're, you know, normally accustomed to in other movies. So yeah. it was refreshing in many ways. Oh yeah, man, totally. And I thought the movie itself flowed really well. I didn't feel like there was any major dead spots in the film. I thought it it followed at followed and flowed at a nice pace. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing with it is like, you know, um, 
Like, you don't get too much of a heavy backstory on Action Jackson as much as that would be cool. And I thought that would have been good for a sequel. Well, it's one of those movies that I feel like... It's like Commando in the sense that, like, if you took Arnold Schwarzenegger out of Commando, that movie would be pretty shit. Really. Yeah, exactly. And Action Jackson's the same. It's not a movie that's like you know, reinventing the wheel and like such a revelation or anything. It's a movie that is pretty much a star vehicle for Carl Weathers and he carries it so well. It's like the charm of Carl Weathers just keeps this movie flowing along. And you you're, think? Ne- you're never bored. You're never like, no, even, even the scenes where Carl Weathers isn't in it. Like he's charming enough. He's such a great character that gets you invested in the movie and the rest of the cast, like, you know, Craig T. Nelson and everyone else is so good. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, yeah, even where it's like exposition scenes with the bad guy and stuff like that, you're like, okay, I'm still interested. Yeah. Do you think that, like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm 100% in, in the pocket with you about this. So I, I agree. But do you think that due to the fact that Carl Weathers never really had that sort of lead actor prominence in, in any other movie, do you feel like this movie um, – whilst he was fantastic in it, just because he didn't have any other lead actor experience to fall back on, it kind of, it just didn't quite sort of hit the home run that it could have. Yeah, I kind of think so. I kind of think that like... Because I I thought it was pretty close, but it just didn't quite go there. I feel like it's one of those movies where it's like, like because it does lean into like the blaxploitation sort of tropes and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, the time for black exploitation had kind of passed. Like it was, you know, that was, like, it was huge in the seventies, really. Mm, um, yeah. 60s and seventies. So I kind of feel like Action Jackson was like, it was such a great throwback. And as I really feel like there's going to be a, a generation of cinema fans that are going to rediscover this movie. Absolutely. Especially now that Carl Weathers is gone. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of feel like, you know, because Carl Weathers was sort of like, for, for cinema fans, he was such like, you know, oh man, it's Apollo Creed, it's Dylan, it's like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, for, I feel like for casual viewers, and I'm not saying this to try and be insulting, I feel like no. for casual viewers, you know, he he made an action movie in an era that was dominated by Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Chuck Norris and... Van Damme and, you know, Seagal was starting to come up around like just after Action Jackson or during it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Carl Weathers wasn't, <clears throat> he wasn't doing martial arts like Van Damme or Seagal. Well, he was a complete polar opposite to a lot of his guys. Yeah, like, you know, and like he, he was sort of trying to compete with, you know, the, the juggernauts that were Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Mm. But then also on video, you know, at the time you had Chuck Norris, who was like dominating video yep. and in films. Yep. And it's really interesting because there are a lot of really good, um, like I, I, I always sort of like, I like an action Jackson to steal justice with, um, Martin Cove, who played yep. Priest in The Karate Kid. Now, Steel Justice is another movie, much like Action Jackson, that's a really great 80s action movie. Like, it's essentially like 
Martin Cove is like Frank Castle. It's like, you know, he's a Vietnam veteran. He's like fucking special forces. He's a complete badass. People kill his family. He goes on a mission for revenge. Everyone's like, holy fuck. He's like up against the Vietnamese mafia, which turns out to literally be one drug dealer. Um, because you know, that's how the 80s action movie yeah of course. Like, oh he's taking on the entire vietnamese mafia it's really one guy yeah <laughs> you know, it's really one guy running the entire country's crime okay but cool yeah but it, it was a really good movie too it was it was much like action jackson and it just never connected and it's not that it was bad it's not that the star was bad or couldn't carry an action movie or even a series of these action movies but, you know, I feel like the market in the 80s for action was so flooded that, unfortunately, some of these absolute gems just got, you know, washed away in the current because... I feel, I feel like the, the other thing that was hard, a hard-pressed challenge for Action Jackson as well was the, the fact that he just didn't have a strong supporting character. You know, yeah. like, you look at Rocky, you've got Apollo Creed. Um Look around that same time period. You look at Lethal Weapon, Murtaugh and Riggs. That's exactly you know? the thing. Like, yeah, you know, like, like that's the thing. It's like the he was kind of carrying the weight of the movie on his on his shoulders, and that's no no shots fired at the rest of the cast who are fucking superb. No, well, that's exactly it. I mean, if they'd given him like a, you know, if they'd made like Biff his like goofy like puppet a partner. or something like that, yeah. you know, yeah. it might have like. But, I mean, and that's the thing too, man. It's like, the other thing is like, you know, between like 1985 and like 1989, there was a huge action movie coming out like every month. I mean, you yeah. look at everything. It's like, you know, you had fucking every, every like two or three times a year, you had a big Stallone or Schwarzenegger movie dropping or you had Lethal Weapon or well, big Tango, and, Tango and Cash yeah. or, you know, you had something from Chuck Norris coming out on video. Then you had Van Damme and Seagal just pumping them out. Oh, man. Like... Yeah, and that's before we get in, even into all the, the Dudikoffs and the fucking Don the Dragon Wilson yeah, and all those cats, right? Yeah, man. Like, you know, there, there was... Like, Canon Films were pumping out, like, an action movie, like, for video stores every month. Because there was yeah. such demand for oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then you even had, like, stuff like Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. Yeah. Again, exactly. flash in the pan stuff. Great movie, like so good. Bosworth yeah. could have been so huge. Yeah, like he was. He he had a good look. He was a charming dude. Well, that's a, that's an interesting dude. analogy because that's that's like to me that's kind of the the comparative well, yeah. version of Action Jackson. He was he was another footballer turned actor. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, great movie. Lance Henriksen, great bad guy. Yeah. Yep. You know, my, William Forsyth in there, great, yep. heavy, um, but, you know, huge on video. But then that was kind of it. It never, like, went anywhere after that. And, you know, again, like Action Jackson, like Steel Justice, great movies. But there was so much action movies coming. So there was so much action movies. Fuck, I do English good. Um, <laughs> there was so much there, action movies. You sound like you're from Kazakhstan. So much action movie. It was very good. Good time. Much fun. <laughs> hey, fam. <laughs> Goody fucking Google. But, like, there were so many action movies. In there the was. That, you know, like, I, I feel like it was kind of one of those things where it's like, and I mean, dude, honestly, there, there were action movies that I haven't seen until recently. Like, I remember Best of the Best. Everyone oh, 
I right. remember people raving about that movie. I yes. watched those recently. Um, so like, say the word. I'm keen to do an episode on that one. <laughs> that's the thing, man. But like, you know, you you, you were so, there were so many choices at the video store. You just kind it of really was. Yeah. Like, you you either went with what you really wanted to see or what was available that wasn't rented out. So. And I do feel like it's a shame because some of these movies could have really gone on to do something special if they'd had a bit more sort of attention paid to them, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. And I feel that's kind of the criminal act that happened with Action Jackson. I think he was just just choked by fucking the multitude of, you know, high-octane action films popping up around that time. I'm, well, yeah. I'm sure if you Google search it, you'd probably see an armada of action films around that time period. Oh man, like I reckon if you if you did a Google search on action movies released in 1988 and like checked Wikipedia, I guarantee you there would probably be at least 50, probably more. And you know, you think about the competition at the box office and then at the video store fierce competition man I mean, that's the thing man like you also had like Dolph was getting a push around there yeah like, he was for like he was doing stuff like Red Scorpion mm-hmm. and then he was also in really high profile stuff like Masters of the Universe and the Punisher mm. um and then you know like lower sort of tier stuff like Joshua Tree and and you know all of that sort of shit so it was like you know I, I feel like Carl got his shot and he he absolutely knocked it out of the park, but unfortunately, you know, not a lot of people showed up to the park at that time. Yeah. There were so many other games going on um, to really stretch this analogy. How's <laughs> the next issue of Furious coming along, by the way? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of baseball. Um, yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, he did, he did get another shot later on because, I mean, he did do uh, Hurricane Smith, um, which was uh, – I have not seen Hurricane Smith I haven't either. in a while. Um, I do remember seeing it when it came out. Um, and it was very, very similar to Action Jackson. It was, uh, it wasn't quite as full on urban black exploitation. I'm pretty sure it was like set somewhere in like Florida or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it was a great action movie. I mean, look, Action Jackson, like at the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's a fucking great film. It's, it ticks all the boxes. Great action, great cast, awesome soundtrack. Mm. Um, shit gets blown up, all that. But you know, Carl Carl Weathers, I feel like he was in his pocket, in the pocket, always as as a supporting actor. He yeah. just that was his strength. Yeah, man. And I think one of the other things too um, is that, like, you know, and I I don't want to get too far into the the racial aspects of it because you know I'm a white dude. I shouldn't be even be fucking talking about this shit. But like, you know, at the time, you know the public were very used to Eddie Murphy doing action comedy with Beverly Hills Cop. So I don't know that people really connected with Carl Weathers doing, you know. I think it was just timing. Well, I think it's also one of those things where it's like you've got Carl Weathers who's like, you know, good-looking black dude, great actor. Comes along doing an action movie, but he's not 
being funny like Eddie Murphy. Like, you know, not to, not to say that Action Jackson is not funny in spots. Like, it is fucking great. Yeah, he's got oh, some it's, great moments. Yeah, he's not playing it as a comedy, whereas Eddie Murphy really had that market cornered with Beverly Hills Cop, The Golden Child, all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, you know, the public is really used to that. And then, you know, if they rented Action Jackson, they were like, oh, this is a bit more serious. Like, this is a bit more of a straight action movie like Arnie and Stallone. That's the thing. That, and that's that's where I feel like he, he spent so much time invested, you know, in, in the shadow of, of leading actors that when he finally got his moment to shine, it sort of, he shined, but just not quite supernova explosive. And I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like this guy did, like Carl Weathers did play backup mm. to the biggest action stars of the 80s like right. not just and Stallone but Schwarzenegger as well yeah yeah like yeah he was in like some of the most powerful fucking iconic action movie moments of all time you know like uh yeah but I mean this movie is a, is a great showcase of Carl Webbs like yeah by no means are we taking any shots at Action Jackson, we think it's a fucking great film oh, no, and you should absolutely. all check it. That's the thing. We, well, I mean, yeah. we, we both absolutely, I mean, we were, we were messaging each other when Jesse was <laughs> yeah, like, dude. just going, how fucking good was this movie? Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> both love it. It's a great, it's a very criminally underrated film. But it is. And it's, it's interesting yeah. to explore the reasons yes. why some And of I think that's what we're doing. Movies, yeah. yeah it's, it's just really interesting to explore the reasons why some of these movies that are so good just don't get the audience that they should have. And that's the funny thing, man. It's like so many of my favorite movies, like, and so many of the movies that both of us love, mm. like the thing was a bomb when yeah. it came out, you know, big trouble, little China, no one showed up for it. Um, my, my favorite film of all time, strange days fucking tanked when it came out in 1995. Like yeah. who once saw that fucking movie? I'm like, to this day, I'm amazed anytime I put a post up on it on the about it on the internet saying how much I love it, that there's like one other person in the world that goes, Oh yeah, man, I love that too. I was like, oh, fuck, really? I thought yeah. I had a Millhouse moment. I'm like, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really interesting to sort of, you know, rediscover these movies that it is. people didn't really appreciate or Maybe they were ahead of their time. Maybe it's just one of those things where it's like it was the right movie in the wrong time. But it's it's, like, yeah. it's one of those things where I, I and I always get pissed off, and I'm sure you probably do too, when mm-hmm. people make that assumption that because the movie wasn't super popular when it came out, that must mean it's shit. I would I would agree with you on that. Because yep. I, I always have this. I always end up having this conversation with someone somewhere on the internet it happens at least once every two years yeah where someone does the oh fucking you know where you're like oh well fucking you know man like instead of watching fucking you know michael bay's transformers fucking 30 just go watch this because it's way better yeah yeah Yeah. this yeah transformers made like 80 billion dollars at the box office yeah there's a lot of uh idiocy doesn't mean it's good like yeah. Yeah, 50 shades of gray made money and that movie's a piece of shit from a piece you, of shit you could not have, you, there is no price tag that that could afford me to watch that piece of shit <laughs> ever terrible man like, i don't care what the fuck they throw in it it's so bad um 
but like, if I want kinky action, I'll watch preaching to the perverted. Thank you very much. Oh, I mean, I'll watch fucking Bound with Gina Gershon. Oh, wonderful movie. That is such a good movie. Like, yeah. Aside from like, yeah, you you say that's a good movie, and there's always someone that looks at you sideways like you fucking pervert. And he's like, no, 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 it is good. Like, Bound is literally like a fucking Sin City movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not called Sin City. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, just because something makes a lot of money doesn't mean it's good. And just because something doesn't make a lot of money doesn't mean it's terrible. Um, That's it. And, and I kind of, you know, as, as time goes on, I, I feel like with Action Jackson, I feel like it's, you know, in many ways, I kind of feel like it's our, it's our wonderful little secret, you know, it's, it's safe in our hearts. It's not something that's commercially, you know, loved by the rest of, you know, the world per se. It's kind of like a... Well, I think you're onto something. If you get it, you get it. Yeah, I think you're onto something there because I think that's the wonderful thing about being a fan of some of these lesser known movies that aren't, you know, aren't universally beloved. Because it's like, if if you say you're a Predator fan... Like, you throw a rock into a crowd, you're going to hit, like, three people that are Predator fans as well. <laughs> but, like, you know, when it's when it's something that's, like, a little bit obscure, that, like, it feels like it's, like, you know, it's like we've talked about before where, where you've discovered an album or something like that. Like, yeah. we talked about when we did our, our um, Typo Negative episode for Happy Days. When you discover an album and it's kind of, like, it's just, it's yours, you know, mm. you, you own it and it's your thing and you have that sense of discovery and ownership about it. And I feel it's the same with movies like, like Action Jackson or Stone Cold or, you know, Strange Days or stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you feel like you're the only one that really knows it. To a degree, I even feel that way with the Warriors sometimes. Oh. Like, 100%, man. You know, I, I feel like we're like, part of a, a secret society. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's you, – you you mention that to someone and, like, you know, if you're having a conversation, you'll just get that knowing nod of, like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, dude, you get it, you know? You and don't have to explain cool. yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's awesome. cool. Like, yeah. or when you see someone wearing a T-shirt or something that, mm. like, you don't see every fucking day. It's like you're walking down the street, you see, like, 50 Ramones shirts. Yeah. Nothing against the Ramones because I will never say a bad word about the Ramones. No, fuck no. But, like, you see 50 Ramones shirts and then, like, you know, off in the distance there's, like, one lone dude in, like, a typo-negative T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> dude like yeah. <laughs> and it's like he gets it yeah <laughs> you know? well, i think that's cool and i i totally agree man i totally agree it's like it's it's cool to have something that's kind of like your your little secret sort of thing like you know your your little gem that yeah and, only and a look, few other people have found yeah i mean i'm curious in the months to come you know like will people pick up on action jackson i mean especially the the two or three people that listen to this podcast you know Will they go out and watch Action Jackson? You know, like um, I'm just curious. You know, because I mean, I mean oh, I that's usually Kazakhstan. the way it flows, right? When Kazakhstan get their video store, I hope they get a copy of it. But um... yeah, till then it's fucking I'm... stick figures. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> someone in Kazakhstan's currently drawing like Carl Weathers in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they've discovered the wonderful magic of shadow puppets. <laughs> maybe. I would, it would be a big dude that makes a Carl Weathers shadow puppet. Like I'm saying. Yeah. 
you big fucking hands. Um, but I, I do think like it would be, it would be really interesting to see like, cause you know, like within like a year or so, someone's going to do like a retrospective. Oh, the best yeah. Where there's movies you never saw. hundred percent. And I really do hope that, Action Jackson gets a bit more of a look in. I mean, Hurricane Smith as well, but like, yeah. I do hope Action Jackson gets a bit more of a look in. Um, because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel like so many people are like, you know, Rocky, Rocky, and like, rightly so. It's Rocky, Rocky or Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, you know, yeah. Rocky. Well, it depends on what generation you are. It's Rocky, well, that's right, yeah. Gilmore. And it's like, you know, or <sighs> Dylan Predator. Yeah, or The Mandalorian, depending yeah. on, like, if you were born in the last, like, two years, it's like, oh, he's the guy from The Mandalorian. It's like, yeah. oh, just, yes, he was good in The Mandalorian. Yes, I do like that show, but, oh, Sweet Summer Child, there's so much more to The Mandalorian. Yeah, work. go back to 1988 and watch Carl Webber's rip his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's magnificent. Yeah, like, you know, just watch you, like, watch you get pissed off at the guy driving the cab and, like, give him a fucking mouthful. Well, I mean, just to reflect once again, yeah, just to reflect once again on that fucking moment where he just, where we first meet Action Jackson when he rises up out of their desk. Hands down, one of the fucking coolest moments I've ever witnessed. That is, it is such, but that's the thing, man. That is such a cool intro to the character. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a like, Oh, holy fuck, this is the dude they've been talking about. Like, yeah. I love that they just build him up. Like, and I mean, well, that's the thing. Like a cool, a Jericho Jackson is such a cool fucking. Uh, isn't it cool? Like, yeah. The potential that came out of this film was so huge, man. There was, yeah, like, there was like G.I. Joe proportions shit on this that, that could have come out of it. Dude, this could have been his shaft, honestly. Like 100%, man. That's why I feel like somewhere out there in the weird multiverse, there is a sequel. And I'm I'm all kinds of curious if they actually, you know, some cocaine fucking addicted writer out there wrote a sequel for treatment for this film. That would have been great. Well, yeah. I mean, I I would be very surprised if this wasn't... Look, I mean, the thing is, I... I mean, I, I would posit the theory that I reckon every 80s action movie that was greenlit in Hollywood had sequel potential. Yeah, uh, definitely options for a sequel or a trilogy. And I reckon there were a lot of studios going, if pay kid, if this makes money, we're doing more of them. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at, like, so many action movies in the 80s, man. Like, you know... Arnie didn't do a lot of sequel. Like there were some stars that just didn't seem to do a lot of sequels. Um, yeah, they kind of stayed safe with yeah. some of their stuff, and they went on to new stuff. But like, yeah. Fly was always pumping out a Rocky or a Rambo. Yep. Chuck Norris did like three missing in actions. There were four lethal weapons. You know, countless Snake Eater movies from Alabama. Yeah. You know, Forty Eight Hours got. A sequel, Stakeout got a sequel, Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop. That's the thing, man. Like they they did sequels a lot, like American Ninja, is FX with Brian Brown. Yeah, FX got yeah. a sequel. Like, yeah, you know, Kickboxer, fucking yep. No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, I mean um, the list is long and illustrious. Yeah, man. Like, action movies were just like under siege. Like sequels mm. were big business for action movies because they were money makers. Yeah, so I would 
say that like you know there was probably every chance that like they planned like you know hey if action jackson does well we're going to do another one and you know for whatever reason maybe it didn't do well maybe carl weathers didn't want to come back you know maybe he was just like no i want to go and do other stuff like it's something that i really should look into it so i i'm yeah I'm, i don't know maybe this is yeah something to follow up in a future episode like just you know just yeah. have a bit of a peek in the yeah we could we could we could probably fucking fill an episode man with like movies that should have had sequels but didn't oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is on DVD. Uh, it is on Blu-ray. I have a Warner Archive Blu-ray release. Um, Many on the special features side of things? Nah, not not a lot on the features. There's a trailer. There's, like, cast bios and stuff like that. Mm. There's, there's, unfortunately, not a lot of stuff um, feature-wise. I found some cool interviews with Carl on, um, sorry, on uh, YouTube, just interviews. Okay. Like on ET tonight, fucking Arsenio Hall, that sort of shit. Yeah. Where he's, you know, talking about the movie and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool, you know. But um, yeah, in terms of special features, it's a shame that there wasn't any sort of behind the scenes stuff because there's some really cool action moments in this film. I mean, I really feel like this is a movie that is waiting to be rediscovered, honestly. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's one of those movies, like, because there is a lot of like, yeah, it's something I was thinking about the other day when I was I was rewatching this movie. I was, you know, thinking about what we were going to talk about on this episode. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like there are a lot of movies out there that are just little gems that have just kind of disappeared in time. That oh, dude, you know, it's, it's waiting, such a deep rabbit hole. Just waiting to be rediscovered. Like I was thinking yeah. about like only the strong with Mark Dacoscus. Um mm-hmm. I rewatched the Presidio the other night with Connery and Mark Harmon, um, which was such a great little thriller that, like, I mean, you know, moments in there, it's like there's a fight scene where Sean Connery beats a dude up only using his thumb for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I've got a shopping, I've written down a shopping list of films um, because I'm currently reading Quentin Tarantino's um, cinema fucking, uh, whatever it's fucking called. Um, great book. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, good that yeah, I can't remember yeah, the title yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's so many great films that like the way he talks about it, I'm just, I'm in. I want to watch it, you know? Well, yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing. There's like, there's so many great, um, like, you know, I was also thinking about like Desperate Measures with um, Michael Keaton and Andy Garcia because I yeah. got Jennifer Eight on Blu-ray, which is a... Mm-hmm criminally underrated movie that I absolutely love. It is such a good serial killer thriller flick. And it's like, you know, this movie's fucking John Malkovich, Lance Henriksen, Andy Garcia, Uma Thurman, great cast, great atmosphere, such a fucking good movie. And like, no one saw it. No one fucking saw it. I mean, that's the thing. It's such an underrated movie. I fucking got the Blu-ray because I was waiting for it to drop. And I was like, I don't fucking care if the special feature is a menu and subtitles. I'm getting this on Blu-ray. It's going to look great. Rocks up. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's a whole fucking extra alternate cut of the movie on there and an alternate ending. And I'm just like, I didn't even know those things fucking existed. (laughs) That's how little information's out there about this fucking thing. I'm like, what? But, yeah, I mean, that... That, that just brings us back to Action Jackson, man. You yeah. know, it's, it just fucking, it all comes back to Action Jackson. Like, man, trust us, man. 
if you check this film out, you will thank us, man. It is a fucking Absolutely. banger of a film. Banger. Again, dude, you know, like we've talked about before, it's like this is one of the reasons why we do these podcasts is to, like, unearth these little gems. Yeah, and, and it's so – it's such a good excuse to watch them. Hopefully – well, number one, it gives us an excuse to fucking rewatch them. It's like, oh, yeah. I have to watch Action Jackson for work this week. Oh, twist my <laughs> arm. But, like, you know, it's also a great way of spreading the word about these things. It is, yes. And, you know, hopefully there's someone out there listening going, fuck, that sounds really cool. I'm going to check that out. And, you know, I really hope you do because I think you'll have such a good time with this movie. Like, it's... You will. And, and again, you know, i got to give nods to the props to the soundtrack. The Pointer Sisters, fucking um, oh, uh, yeah. Madame X doing the Action Jackson song at the end. Fucking great. Soundtrack is great. Like, it's yeah. so good. Like, yeah. I mean, even Vanity has a couple of tracks in there where, you know, she's trying to bust out on her own. And, you know, she's good. But, yeah. I yeah, mean, she's fucking. She's acquitting herself well. Yeah. But, dude, it's, it's, you know, great soundtrack, great action, great cast, great fucking movie. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's just an absolute banger. I, I highly yeah. recommend checking it out. I Again, I don't know how readily available it is on DVD. I do think it's been out of print for a while, but it's one of those movies where I guarantee you, if you take a trip to at least three op shops, like a Vinnie's or a Salvo's or whatever, there will be a copy on a shelf somewhere. Absolutely. I, I see it all the time. And I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, is it? Yeah, you can stream it. I... I rented it on YouTube for less than five bucks. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's, for the for the price of a coffee, you can fucking immerse yourself in the world of Action Jackson. And yep. uh, it's, it's, it's so a guaranteed good time. <laughs> so worth it. Yeah. Dude, well, I haven't got much else to add other than no. this is no. a rad fucking movie and I'm glad we fucking talked about it. No, I, I think that's 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 about all we have to say about that. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, we will be back next week with uh, Freaky uh, Friday. Friday, where we are on to Land, Land of the Dead. Of the dead. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers I crossed we have not our special guest. Well, I promise either way, I solemnly promise I am not going to spend the whole episode talking about how hot Archer Argento is and how much I'm madly in love with her. Um, the restraining order prevents me from doing that too much. I may mention it once, but, you know, I'll, I'll try and behave myself. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and pigs fly too. <laughs> well, till Morrissey dies a violent death, I... I uh, yeah, wait and yeah. No, no, seriously, I'll I'll behave. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you will. I don't. I, don't, sure. I, I don't want Chad thinking I'm a bigger fuckwit than he already does. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, this fucking guy with the ginger snap thing again. He's he's <laughs> getting, um, I swear, swear, man, you're one episode away from a restraining order from Chad. <laughs> he's like, just leave me alone. Stop asking me about Catherine Isabel. Fuck's sake. <laughs> but, um, no. yeah, so next week would be great. Uh, it's, uh, the Romero ride's been a lot of fun. That, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, fucking kudos to... Well, yeah. Land is going to be a fun ride because it's like, it's, it's you know, Romero's biggest. Um, yeah. You know, it's like it was his big... It was big one. It was his big comeback. Yeah. It was, it was his, his, his uh, big Rocky moment. It was fucking cool. But, um. Yeah, dude, fucking kudos to Carl Weathers, 
um, fucking thank you for your awesomeness. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that we have, you know, a movie like Action Jackson and, and you and me and the few others out there were alive to fucking witness the magic at that, yeah, at the right well, time. That's the thing, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad that he's gone, but you know, he did leave a really great legacy of, oh, dude. um, you know, and even like I said, underrated ones like action Jackson and hurricane Smith and stuff like that, you know, great, great flicks that are well worth checking out. And, um, you know, sometimes it's really fun to check out some of the, um, you know, like last thing I'll say on the topic is like, you know, you get these movies, these big movies like Rocky and Predator and stuff like that, where you have, you know, these, these great supporting actors in there and it's, it's always good. You know, it's like, it's like if you get a soundtrack CD and there's a couple of songs on there that you really like from a band you haven't heard before. It's always good to go and check out their other stuff. Yeah, it is. And supporting actors like Carl Weathers, like who, you know, was a co-star and stuff like that. He was like a co-star. He wasn't the, wasn't the main guy as much as like Stallone or Schwarzenegger were. It's always good to go and check out the other stuff they've done because it will lead you down some really cool rabbit holes and you'll find Agreed. And you will thank us later. Yeah, you absolutely will. will. Yep. On that note, have yourselves a rad weekend, you awesome motherfuckers. And uh, we'll see you back here next week for Freaky Friday. Next Friday, we certainly will. And God only knows what the fuck we're going to talk about on Rad the following week. But i got a sneaking suspicion it might be something involving Michael Dudikoff. Oh, it could be. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. (laughs) No doubt it'll be Bon Jovi. That's a guarantee. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know. The question is, like, do we try and squeeze all four American Ninjas into one episode? Because I'm pretty sure we could. I think we might have a bit of trouble stretching American Ninja into a series. Um. Yeah. Well, we can do we can do an overview. So, yeah. <laughs> Professional production meeting in progress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, tell your mates about us, folks, and we'll see you next week. Like, subscribe. We will see you later. Adios. Bye. Yes, and that concludes another episode of Rad. Hey, sorry, can I can I just do that again? It's uh, not in my contract to speak like an absolute fuckhead. Is that cool? Uh, Alright, here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Rad, everybody! Uh, was that a little too dramatic? Uh, Okay, okay. Let's try it one more time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rad. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you, the Rad fans. If you enjoyed this episode, like and subscribe to the channel. Go that one step further and leave a five-star rating to show us that you care. Until then, have yourselves a most rad weekend. We know we will.